Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's me, your old pal. Don't, don't worry now, don't be afraid. It's good to be here, though it is also very weird to be here. I have been more like America's dad than ever before. Hello and welcome to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves, mind, body, and soul with haunting images of Jerusalem's first and best baseball coach, Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. <laughs> and I'm the brother that will get you out of uh, out of your room when you need to sneak away. I am Luke Patrick. Oh, and that's uh, that's Bernie, our guest for this episode. That's my cat. We're recording uh, later than we usually do, and the cats are active. Yeah, they're pretty crepuscular. Hey, we've been talking about getting guests on this show. Well, here's the first one. Yeah, hopefully hopefully <laughs> Bernie's got some good uh, good film critique to, to give, but I guess we'll see. No, she just left. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, Asked an answer with her, She didn't want anything huh? to do with this. <laughs> She's she's seen what I've been through, and she said no, no, thank you. Yeah, well, that that leads really well into a question I have for you, Sam, which is, you know, how how was this this week? The the watch was good. Well, hang on, we didn't we didn't say what we watched. Oh, right, we watched 1987's Every Time We Say Goodbye. Mm, yeah, there we go. That's pretty important. <laughs> it is. That. It is pretty important. We should probably mention it to these people. But no, the watch was good. Uh, I watched it with my wife mm. uh, because when I mentioned it to her last week that I was watching this, she said in the most concerning way I've ever heard, that sounds interesting. Yeah. I'll watch with you. She she really signed up for the galley on her own, didn't she? She absolutely did. And I spent the whole week worrying about what interesting meant. <laughs> <laughs> well... I really want to dig into this as we usually do, but we this is a rare opportunity. How did she sort of react to the Hanks and the watch? How was Kenna's watch? I gotta tell you, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we, we can get into it a little bit more, but she was unimpressed with this smooth Tom. Man, you hate to hear that. The smooth Tom shows up and, you know, plays around in the space. You really you really hope he could have delivered for it. That's a that's a oh, shame. Oh yeah. How was how was your watch? It was about the same, I feel like, as Kenna's, but I will say I am doing my damnedest to bring the tone of the show up. So I am experimenting mm-hmm. with chemicals tonight, sir. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, you you well know that I am a recovering alcoholic, so I can't kind of go to the standard chemical set. So right. so I am instead drinking that Viennese water that is Red Bull. <laughs> Just trying to saturate every cell in my body with taurine and guanine 
about as much caffeine as I can stomach. Just pure go juice flowing through your veins. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to bring the energy for this one because we we talked a little bit about this before doing the the show, and you sound like you're a bit a bit slow on this one. It sounds like. Boy, am I. Yeah. Yeah. Real real sluggish. But I I do I need to ask you though. Yeah. Did you miss Tom? You know, I actually did this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, so I spent a lot of the week doing some edits and then thinking about this upcoming record. So I was really excited to dig in. And especially <laughs> after that nice aftertaste of Nothing we nothing in Common. Right. was starring Jackie Gleason and Tom Hanks, the one we watched last week. I felt like this was going to be a really great dramatic role. And we were finally turning a corner out of these terrible 1980s wise guy comedies. And so I was really, yes. really excited for that. I I am I'm with you 100%. I miss Tom more than I ever have before. Nice. And it was because of that nice chunky role he gave us last week. We saw real acting. We saw Angry Tom for the first time ever. Yes, we saw Tom uh, drop an F bomb for the first time ever. Yeah, we didn't mention this last week and we should have. We should have really we should have started our fuck watch. Mm. But um but he did say fuck last week. Yeah, what a fucking letdown. Yeah, and then he just sort of took you out onto the balcony and dropped you straight out, straight down onto the pavement, huh? Boy, he did. <laughs> um, he 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 did me dirty. And you took a civilian with you this time, since your wife watched it alongside yeah. you. That was that was yeah, dirty just of a, you. Just an innocent innocent person right into the line of fire. Yeah, caught in the crossfire. Um, Why? Well, I, I hate to hear that, man. That really does suck. I mean, you know, she learned her lesson. <laughs> You think she'll come back maybe around the Toy Story phase? Oh, I'm pretty sure she'll come back for Toy Story. Okay. She'll come crawling back like they all do for the for the candy that he tosses out kind of midway through his career of these Toy Story flicks. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're you're catch me if you can. Yeah. The the movies that really at this point give me hope for this project. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I I have a little bit of information about this and a plot to deliver to you. So, which which would you like first? Uh, let's do the plot. I think our listeners need to know what we experienced. Okay. So this was, you said 1987? Right? That's what the Microsoft Store told me. Cool. Before I realized that the Microsoft Store wanted me to purchase this movie. (laughs) So I went to Amazon and rented it. Nice. Yeah, I also had to do the same. Thankfully, uh, for our stream watch this episode, no streaming service required. Oh, thank God. Yeah, that was fucking perfect. So 1987's Every Time We Say Goodbye. Um, I have broken this down into Luke Patrick's guaranteed three-act structure or your money back for you this week. Yeah, so the the first act is essentially Tom Hanks is a lieutenant in the RAF who is stationed in Mandatory Palestine during World War II. It's 1942, and he is wounded, so he's stuck in Jerusalem. He and a, a buddy of his, whose name I don't remember... Pete. Pete. It, it. I learned it in the last third of the movie. Nice. Yeah, they do say it a lot more then. So Pete and Hanks are stuck in Jerusalem, and then they both meet some local uh, Sephardim to two lovely Jewish ladies, and Pete gets married to one. That's kind of in the first act. Hanks begins to court the other, and her name is Sarah, I want to say. Yes. So they, they have a little bit of a romance. Act one is uh, basically setting up the premise of he's really into her. She's from a pretty conservative family and dating a Gentile is a no-go. So that carries on into act two where there's a series of her pushing Tom away and Tom pushing for the romance to work. They do canoodle a little bit. 
There is. Mm-hmm. Some canoodling. Uh, just, just some very light, breathy canoodling. Mm, just a little bit of canoodling. Oh yeah, just, just. Hey, we shouldn't record these after dark. They get <laughs> they get real nasty real fast, don't they? Yeah, this is. I think the chances of this getting pretty blue are are very low, though. So to to blow yeah, hexy pinksy after dark, no good. <laughs> no good. Zero out of five stars. <laughs> Yeah, Act 2 is a, a series of trials and tribulations as they try to work out their relationship. He meets the family. They think he's a nice guy, but he's a Gentile, so they're, they're working through it. Culminating in her family coming to grab her out of his apartment and then drag her back and say a lot of very mean things to her and kind of begin to ostracize Ooh, yeah. her. And then Act 3, the resolution, she is presented with the ultimatum of marry her cousin, who is a fine, upstanding Sephardic Jew, or she can pursue hanks and then be ostracized and she does in fact in the last literally three minutes of this movie decide to pursue tom and then he gets into a plane and flies off to his deployment in egypt to go hassle rommel all across north africa yeah fuck you hitler yeah there was a wonderful line in here that uh i think it's just may hitler burn in hell which is a good yes good sentiment let's get that one out there again absolutely yeah yeah, did I did uh, I miss taking anything? Taking the very, taking the very controversial stance of fuck Adolf Hitler. <laughs> yeah, really slugging him out here in uh, in uh, Hanksy Panksy After Dark. Yeah, uh, no, you covered it uh, beautifully. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's the whole movie. Yeah, it's pretty and straightforward. It is distressingly so. Yeah, unfortunately so. There are, there's some things I'd like to color in, but that's that's the plot in a nutshell, and it is about as tedious as that makes it seem as far as the back and forth between... God, it is. Yeah. What a fucking slog for what, what otherwise seemed like a breezy hour and 38 minutes. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. This is maybe the shortest one we've seen yet. Yeah. Didn't feel it. It, <laughs> it didn't, and I, I, I want to dig into this more. But I will say I have some info that may shed some light on this movie for you and the listeners if you're ready for that. Yeah, please. Okay. Anything, Luke. Yeah. I need I need a, a fucking a little little life uh, shit. Just <laughs> talk. <laughs> Again, I'm totally just I'm soaked in this beautiful, wonderful Red Bull which flows from the fountains in Austria. So I am I'm I'm here for you. Lean on me, my friend. <laughs> please help me <laughs> so important things to know about this movie tom hanks produced three movies in 1987 all of which we've seen they are money pit uh nothing in common and this movie every time we say goodbye and this as well as uh nothing in common are direct attempts by tom hanks to make serious movies and to present his serious acting chops huh i mean i i get it yeah uh because I'd say throughout his career, he's he's sort of made a lot more of himself as a serious actor. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you make Bachelor Party, you want to put your put you in some distance between that landmark. Yeah, weird, weird though that he went from nothing in common, which again, really excellent job to this, which we could get into that. But yeah, so I I have maybe an explanation for that, which is that. As I've said many times on this podcast, sometimes you need a job and sometimes that job is bachelor party. So he, mm-hmm. he did that. And then this came up and it sounds like it was a convenient scheduling solution for him to shoot a film. 
Yeah. Okay. So he, he got to shoot it. It was pretty quick. It was actually Israel's most expensive film to that point, costing, I want to say, around 3.9, 3.2, something like that, million. Let me say that was about two and a half million too much. Yeah, I'd say about none of it <laughs> was reflected in the movie. Yeah, but it was all entirely shot in Israel. It was an Israeli production. Yeah, it totally flopped at the box office. It made about 250 grand. Holy shit. Yeah, dude, total total ankle weight here. So it sounds like it was just a nice reason for Tom to kind of help make a movie and potentially get some, you know, another thing to put in his reel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's about all the info I have for you on it. Otherwise, there's literally nothing about this on the internet. We may be the first people to have wandered into the warehouse and blown the dust off this thing in maybe a couple decades. Oh, God, at least 30 years. Yeah. I know you didn't want to talk about this movie. So, I, I don't. I genuinely <laughs> don't. I would much rather talk about really anything else. I was watching Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives earlier. I could talk about Guy Fieri. Yeah. I could go back to really any other movie I've seen in my life. Yeah. Um, uh, I like that you were you were doing the triple Ds right before this. Oh yeah, you know I gotta I gotta get some some mirth somehow. <laughs> well, how about this? Uh, I'll make you a deal. Okay. Which is that I want to talk about this movie because I do have some points for you, but I would also love to talk about your favorite season of Stranger Things. Ooh, okay. So uh, you do know that I I enjoy me some Natalia Dyer. Yeah. Uh, so uh, before we talk about the movie, I do want to ask you a question. Okay. Where do you think the money for the budget of this film went to? Because it did not look like it cost even more than like maybe $65. Yeah, that's a really good question. If I had to guess, I would say craft services. I feel like it wasn't reflected on screen because it was all on the fucking table as it should be. It was just yeah, all of, I your, respect that. All of your Israeli uh, highlights right there on the table every day cooked fresh. Fuck yeah, okay. Yeah, I respect the hell out of that. Yeah, that's my best guess. So that's that's my deal for you. If we get through talking about this movie, I will happily talk with you about your favorite episode or your favorite season of Stranger Things for upwards of five minutes. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can hear it, but there is a smile on my face for the first time in maybe 12 hours. <laughs> nice. I'm glad I could deliver it, but we are gonna, we're gonna we going to have to dive in. So can you tell me more about, uh, to get you back on the couch and talking about your feelings, more about how this movie abused you and why you're why you're so hurt by it okay so so it's a it's a genuinely weird movie mm. i i don't know if you picked up on this kenna my wife picked up on it and uh and it's just uh, there's something just inherently off about it i the only way i can think to describe it is like in, in some ways it feels like you know how if you have like a cup of water and an empty cup and you pour the water back and forth between the cups, <laughs> and you're going to spill some, and, like, you end up, like, five pours across yeah. with less water than you started. Sure. <laughs> it, I know this, this is insane. It feels like that happened to the movie. Gotcha. Because it just felt like, like stuff was missing. It, it, it almost felt like it had been, like, translated through, like, multiple languages, and then back to English. It was, like, Hebrew, and then... Uh, like Japanese and then Swedish and German <laughs> and, and uh, Esperanto and then English. Sure. Because, like, n no one in this movie talks like a human or has any chemistry. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fair. I did make a note that I feel like I, I was really ragging on the the local talent, the folks that they have acting for the, the Sephardic family, because I, I felt like their acting was so subpar and the delivery was bad. But then whenever they're yeah. doing a Ladino scene where they're speaking Ladino, which is just a beautiful language. I really do like yes. Ladino. Also, it is worth noting, I think this is the only film I've ever seen or ever heard of that has Ladino featured in the script. So that's nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, to be perfectly honest, even as as a Jewish person, didn't even know about Ladino. Oh, nice. Yeah, so Sephardim's not something I know a ton about, so I did enjoy that Mm-mm. aspect of this. That was pretty cool. But it's weird because when they deliver lines in English, to be honest, they suck. <laughs> then, oh, yeah. No, they're terrible. Yeah, then we get it in Ladino, and these people are genuinely good actors. I think there's a language barrier here that's mm-hmm. really... Uh, they're slamming their boats into for sure well and there were issues with like i guess the direction because i guess the actress who played sarah christina marsalach yeah um as near as i can tell the only direction she got was make sad eyes all the time yeah there's not a lot of interaction it's i did see a review of this movie in my quest to find anything trivia related to bring (laughs) to this podcast A reviewer at the time mentioned that Tom is bringing such a different level of energy, much like me tonight with my absolutely soaked body. Um, (laughs) (laughs) His level of energy is so much higher than anybody else in this film that it really feels like he sticks out like a fucking clown in this movie. Yeah. And so this movie, I don't know, maybe maybe it was just watching it at a different time or, or something. It also, he looked a lot younger than in the past couple movies. Yeah. I don't know if you got that vibe or not, but it, this felt like a smoother Tom than, than we've gotten before. <laughs> the smooth the smooth, smooth quotient is very high. We are in a weird transitionary phase, I feel like, because, well, I say that, but Big is coming up, and in Big, he's, he's notoriously smooth. Yeah. I mean, one day we'll get out of this smooth Tom. Yeah. Still still uh, smooth Tom for now. Oh, I think that was our, our second uh, guest in the studio, Daphne, oh, the nice. other cat. Yeah, ask her how she feels about the delivery of uh, the English language in this movie. Daphne, uh, what did what did you think about how Sarah delivered her lines in, in her family? Keeping her secrets, huh? Yeah, she's not sharing. All right. Uh, now, I did take a note every time Kenna made a noise. Nice. Or, or said anything. At the beginning of the movie, when Pete says that he's getting married, Kenna did immediately just go what <laughs> and like hit hit that t so fucking hard because he was like i met a girl we're getting married and and kenna just was like what the fuck and then let's see there's a there's this weird dance scene early on in the movie where they're at this like kind of outdoor like jazz concert yeah to your point about the budget there is it feels like the set restrictions were pretty tough on this because there's like five sets and this gives the impression that there is exactly one place to dance in all of Jerusalem because yes. they return to it probably five times. Man, they really do. Yeah. But there's uh, there's this like weird bearded man who's a soldier. Yeah. And he approaches Sarah and he wants to dance and he asks Tom if she can dance and Tom says, well, she makes her own decisions. And then the woman and Sarah just goes and, and dances with him. Sure. Even though she doesn't want to. And he keeps, like, pulling her close and, and has this, like, mile-long stare. Because he's not looking at her. He's just kind of looking in the middle <laughs> distance. And she keeps pushing him away and he keeps pulling her close. And then she gets mad. And uh, 
and uh, she comes back to Tom and is like, hey, why the fuck did you let him dance with me? And Tom did say that he's a tanker, and so, you know, he thought maybe he should blow off some steam because he's spending all that time in, quote, those little metal ovens. <laughs> and and Kenna did laugh at that. Nice. And then I found out later when Tom mentions that he's Australian, and I felt like that sort of explained all his sort of sociopathy. Yeah, especially the uh, long stare into the middle distance. You know, those eyes, he's got mm-hmm. a lot of room. Yeah. A lot of room down yeah, there. Yeah, got, they got some stuff. Uh, Kenna was grossed out at Nassim. Uh, Sarah's cousin yeah. uh, being in love with Sarah and wanting to marry her because it is inherently gross. Yeah. It's, you know, presumably cultural. I have no reference mm, into that. I don't, I don't fucking know, man. Cousin, cousin Uslin is wrong regardless of your culture, I think. Yeah, Rudy Giuliani surely got a, a nice yeah, uh, thump about he's it. He's sort of the poster child for why Cousin Uslin is <laughs> uh, just wrong. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Kenna did also point out that it's really, really kind of creepy because Sarah's character is supposed to be 18 and, and Tom's character is a different age, I guess. And yeah. it's just, I don't know, there's just something creepy about how she's like so young. Hey, I wanted to talk about this because this is one of the, my critiques for this film and I'm curious what you think. Mm-hmm. Which is that in this movie, Tom is pretty straightforward about how into her she is and it's got some genuinely sweet moments but she has some occasional scenes where she says i have to leave which is hence the name of the movie every time we say goodbye she says goodbye a lot like i have to go back to my family and i i personally don't have any reference into this kind of conservative uh religious family having this reaction to the person you're dating that's not my world but I, i get it to some degree but she does kind of arbitrarily say no at times just to create drama yeah it did make me think we need to remember she's 18. Mm-hmm. She's a fucking teenager. Does that change anything for you? Kind of trying to parse this through the lens of she's, you know, still kind of pubescent. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't think any 18 year old knows what they want to do. Right. Um, or or which Tom Hanks they want to have <laughs> or not have sex with. <laughs> Smooth or unsmooth tonight, sir. Right. Oh, oh Daphne, please don't. <laughs> she. Uh, oh, God editing the podcast as we go well she was making her way to go rub all over the microphone and i figured you know maybe i'll spare the listeners that experience hey man it's it it certainly bring the tone up today and so i guess to that point of her oh god she's gonna play with the pen um to her (laughs) jesus this is horrible audio and i'm so sorry Yeah, I love thank this you cat uh, so much, but she's terrible. Thank you for joining us tonight on Hanksy Panksy After Dark, where we have <laughs> several cats. <laughs> One of whom is now trying to get a thumbtack out of a nope, she decided to go for a pen. Yeah, she'll just play with that for a bit. Yeah. Um but no, so she says no a lot. And then Tom has this like, I think very creepy, like, won't take no for an answer from a woman vibe. Yeah. Where she's like, no, I'm not interested. And he's like, well, I am. Yeah, they float in that space. They alternate between respecting consent and then at times definitely not. But it's also reciprocated. Honestly, it just comes across as... God damn it. (laughs) 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 Shit. Oh, this is the worst episode yet. (laughs) so bad. (laughs) Luke, Luke, she tossed thumbtacks all over the room and so i don't have i just have bare feet and so i'm just in a minefield now i'm trapped does this give you any more empathy towards tom hanks character as a uh, 
<laughs> fighter pilot of World War II? No, because I think he was flying the wrong kind of plane that they showed very briefly. <laughs> showed a, So it's fine for the RAF. They show very briefly uh, him getting out of a P-51 Mustang, which is uh, an American plane. And I can't quite figure out why. I was flying an American plane for the RAF in North Africa. They would have been flying a Hawk or Hurricane or mm. uh, or a Spitfire, I guess. Well, man, um, that early in the war, I don't know. Yeah, this is this is riveting audio. <laughs> that I appreciate. So let me scramble for another talking point here, which is that <laughs> hey, I did think it was pretty brilliant. So for Act Three, in, in the worst line of this movie, she's had sex with Tom Hanks, and as he's talking about coming back to israel from egypt she makes the request that he leave and never come back which again yes gonna couch in the fact that she's 18 and who the fuck knows what they want at 18 right that it was a pretty arbitrary decision to say hey leave and don't ever come back but i did think about the fact that right after that she agrees to marry nasim which i think is a pretty brilliant tactic because essentially if you come from this kind of family do whatever you want and then just agree to marry whoever they prefer you to marry. It's a total get out of jail yeah. free card. Yeah, seemingly. Yeah. Should we talk about her family? We don't have to. Okay, you, you don't. <laughs> I I just I just want to say I felt like the movie did not paint Jews in a great light. You know, it it was all Jewish produced, directed and written, so I think it's projecting a specific subset of Oh, sure. Yeah, but I think that's fair. Yeah, it just, they said some, some truly wretched shit. Yeah, and it is, that was one of my notes, is that Pete, at some point, does say the the phrase, you know, I will become a Jew tomorrow, which is not how that works. Um, no, not that, it's not. You know, there's some time associated with that. But yeah, th- at no point does anybody say, well, are they open to converting? Or, you know, let's talk about this. It's pretty aggressive, and they do say some really, really fucked up stuff Boy, to their daughter. Do. But there is there is Woke Brother. Woke Brother is my fucking favorite. He was excellent. I love he's like, hey, I mean, nothing seems wrong here. And the rest of the family's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, he literally says, have you all lost your minds? Like, what's what's up with this nonsense? Man, I appreciated him a whole lot. But yeah, the family is, is they are who they are. And again, this may resonate better with, with someone who comes from that kind of a background. I find it difficult to parse as a narrative structure i'll say that mm-hmm. but the real mean i will say that uh you know one of my my notes and perhaps my highlight from this movie is that her one of her brothers is a boxer and there's a scene where they're at a boxing match and did you notice that the ref in the corner by the boxing ring does look a hell of a lot like zach woods oh, i missed that yeah man oh i, I needed that yeah i wouldn't uh, recommend going back <laughs> specifically to see zach oh, woods God, no but uh, it was quite nice to see him out in the wild uh, way before I kind of thought he was an adult. Maybe maybe he's like a vampire or some shit. Yeah. He's ageless. Could be. Well, I think that that does it. I mean, unless there's anything else that you, you really wanted to hammer on. But that's that's my talking points for this this flick. It sounds like neither of us had a really great time with it, eh? We did not. Can I just share some assorted kind of just short thoughts yeah. that I had? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Nassim is the saddest man who aspires to be a cousin fucker. <laughs> Did you happen to notice uh, or or miss the time uh, in this movie when Tom had a limp and then broke his cane and then didn't have a limp anymore? Holy shit, dude, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Turns out, apparently, if you have a limp, just break your cane and you won't have a limp anymore. Yeah, break it over the broad back of a digger and... Uh, of, a, of an Aussie tanker. You'll be completely cured after that. Fuck, that's an amazing catch, dude. Yeah, let's see, what else... 
Tom did say at one point, I think God has a lot to answer for. Yeah, we and, we play uh, in that space a little bit. We get vaguely philosophical for about 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. His dad uh, is a socialist and a reverend. Let's see. What else do I have here? Oh, hey, were you grossed out by their kissing? No. I actually wasn't. Okay. Yeah, I think it was quite sweet at times, although them making out and or walking down a hallway or excuse me down yes. an alley at one point was quite funny and I, I didn't necessarily enjoy that see when they were macking like that i thought it looked like he was trying to suck her soul out of her mouth <laughs> like a dementor yes <laughs> yeah that's fair he was really really just hoving on that huh yeah he was what else do i have i, I think i've got uh there was a lot of drowning talk at at this point i I gotta tell you, I sort of, I feel like I'm drowning too. <laughs> I hear you, man, but the project will turn around. We're so close to some some grade A movies and not this total, total flop. Yeah, let's, let's hope so. Yeah. But you know what, Luke? I'm desperate to get out of here, <laughs> and I, I do actually need to get some cash. Do you want to drive me to the Hanks Bank? Yeah, let's, let's hop a free ride into Gaza for the Hanks Bank. All right, Sam, welcome back. Uh, I do want to talk to you about a new rule that I've kind of come up with that does apply to this movie. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's what I'm calling the Hanks rule. We we talked about this briefly before this episode. But, yes. Uh, it's my theory that a, a movie is only as good as the amount of time a character, or really any character, spends doing their literal job. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's... It's brilliant. Yeah. So essentially, if if we're in a movie, like let's take Money Pit. So in Money Pit, mm-hmm. Tom Hanks is a lawyer and we see him lawyering for basically zero minutes, I think. Correct. Yeah. it It's literally zero minutes. He never lawyers a single time. Yeah. And what would you give Money Pit on a scale of zero to five? Negative three. <laughs> nice. Well, let's take this movie. So we see him flying a plane. And doing some army stuff. So we're getting maybe 10 minutes of uh, active job site duty. And uh, I don't know. Do you think that's, that score went up at all? Uh, I'll, I'll put it at a at a 1. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. It is improvement. And to be fair, it's only about 10 minutes that we see him kind of doing anything. Yeah. And really, like, can you say that landing the plane is really doing your job as a fighter pilot? Yeah. Or hitchhiking back to Israel. Uh, or sorry, yeah. mandatory Palestine uh in a in a british raf uniform not not really working if you think about it see i feel like that's just half the job because you're a fighter pilot yeah he's just piloting at that point that's barely doing the job yeah when he lands the plane he did say the wonderful line because the guy comes up and goes excuse me sir how was the flight and he says baxter ate it did you catch that part yes I did, and I thought Baxter was his friend. I did, too. I totally forgot his name for a second. I was like, well, damn, there goes that guy. Yeah, and then he's in the barracks with Pete, and I went, <laughs> what? I guess I it wasn't was him. dead. Yeah. So a man off screen was killed. A man we have <laughs> never seen, nor will ever see. Yeah. Is completely gone. Well, cool. That's that's my take. I'm curious to see how it goes as we continue to watch the Hanks films, but I like it. The, the Hanks rule. It it worked out really well last week where most of the movie was Tom doing his job and what a what a fucking winner that was. Yeah, that's a great point. I forgot. Yeah, and nothing in common. He is doing the Mad Men thing for at least an hour of the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
So we'll see. I've put it out there. We'll continue to test the hypothesis, but I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. And, you know, in Splash, he does his job a bit, and in retrospect, that one's not so bad. Uh, hey, bud, what was his job <laughs> in Splash? He uh, he ran that uh, uh, produce market. Oh. Because remember Mr. McCullough's uh, Slimy Cherries? Yeah, Mr. McCullough's Slimy Cherries. I forgot about that. You're totally right. We see a lot of fruit fruit hawking in that yeah. movie. Yeah, and again, in, in retrospect, that one's not terrible. Yeah. All right. Well, there's some new data to put in the pipeline. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, you know, usually this is the time in the podcast where you sort of whisk us away and make me do very strange things to uh, prevent satellites from seeing me. Do you, do you have anything uh, for me this week? Oh, for like the conspiracy card? Yeah. Yeah. No, not announced. So you've got, I mean, this movie's in mandatory Palestine slash modern day Israel. You've got, you got nothing? Oh, and you see a bunch of sort of uh, Palestinians snatch a woman in the middle of the night? Just sort of a smash and grab? No, I have nothing. Uh, okay. Uh, well. No, no conspiracies here, Luke. I, I don't know what to tell you, but there's <laughs> not a single conspiracy happening throughout this film. Okay. Not the part where it seems like Tom Hanks has a bone to pick with God. <laughs> um, or, you know, how I, someone does ask at one point, where's the assassin? Yeah, none of this tickled and, uh, your tickled your fancy. Yeah, we're in the heartland of Mossad. No, not not a thing. Okay, well, no connections to Mossad here. Just an assassin and and, and a man who has a is gonna fight God, <laughs> possibly in a P fifty one Mustang. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, taking me by surprise. And to be honest, I don't. Um, well, I guess we can jump into the next thing. I have sure, for you yeah. Uh, which is the newly rebranded segment called Hank Your Money Maker. Yes. So this I can't is wait. The uh, a returning bit from I believe last week somewhere in there in which I pitch you uh, three business ventures that Tom Hanks has mm-hmm. pursued. Yes. One of which is a real business venture, and the other two are complete falsehoods, utter fabrications, and it is your job, Sam Siegel, to find the actual business venture. Are you ready? Oh, as ready as I'll ever be. All right, sir. Well, uh, girdle your loins, because here we go. So, in 2012, Tom Hanks' production company Playtone released Electric City The Revolt, a companion game to the web series Electric City. Features isomorphic top-down gameplay and currently has 1.5 stars on the Play Store. Or, in 2018, Tom Hanks, along with fellow celebrities including Matt Damon, Meg Ryan, and Leonardo DiCaprio, released a web series called Sustain. The educational documentary extolled the virtues of insect protein as a sustainable food source and ran for five episodes. And bringing up the rear in 2001, Tom Hanks partnered with local real estate tycoon Hugh Montgomery to create a Seattle bed and breakfast called Sleeping in Seattle. The three-story Victorian home is known for its gourmet food and has 4.5 stars on Yelp. Do you, okay, uh, holy shit. Do you want me to recap those for you really quick? Please. Yeah, so we've got Electric City, The Revolt, a companion app to the web series Electric City. We've got uh, the educational documentary series, including a cadre of celebrities extolling the virtues of insect protein. And we have the uh, real estate investment, a B&B in Seattle called Sleeping in Seattle. I will now mm. accept questions. These are all excellent. Ooh, okay. I, I'm leaning away from the documentary with, with Matt Damon, mostly because I believe consuming insect protein was a <laughs> plot point in uh, Snowpiercer. Nice. I, I haven't so seen Snowpiercer, was it? Well, 
I may have spoiled something, <laughs> but yes. I can't see how. You should check it out. Okay. All right. So you're, um, you're, are you are you standing firm on crossing out the the bug protein? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, sleeping in Seattle is so good. I want it to be true, but also this weird game that. So is Playtone really his joint? Yeah, so Playtone is a production company uh, that Tom Hanks co-founded and has produced a lot of movies we're going to see. Yeah. And is also Holy a record shit. label. No fucking way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude. Man, he just, you know, Tom, he keeps giving and giving. He's the gift. He's, he is like a fruit of the month club. He does. He, he gives and gives, Clark. <laughs> I think it's a jelly of the month year, club. All year round. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with the B&B because it's... It's so good. Okay, so you're standing on the BNB. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sam, you are zero for two because it was in Fuck. fact Electric City: The Revolt. Holy shit! Yeah, dog. What? What is the game? So the game looks to be just a. a <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom, but kind of a shitty again isomorphic top-down uh, resource collecting generic action game. I honestly couldn't tell you what Electric City is about either. Maybe we'll. Yeah, I've uh, never heard of that before in my entire life. Yeah, maybe we'll open a cold one of that as a bonus episode at some point. It was a web series from 2012, produced by Playtime. Huh. Well, shit. Yeah. I mean, I look. I'll. I'd be nicer to Tom about his sort of game development skills. <laughs> uh, the man can't be good at everything. We don't know that. That's true. Well, we know he's not great at video games. Yeah, we fucking do. And that's not just us, given the the current star rating on the Play Store. Yeah, you said 1.5? Yeah, 1.5, and I think that's probably generous. Yeah, are you sure that's not just malware? <laughs> Tom, Give Tom Hanks your social security number, folks. <laughs> just send it to him directly. If you want to cut out the middleman, just, just mail it to him. There you go. Well, well Luke, I I need I need a raft to to sort of grab hold of so let's let's talk about next week okay uh next week we'll be watching let's see let me check the year yeah. 1987's you know what the microsoft store lied to me again every time we say goodbye was 1986 dragnet is 1987 well that means another thing to fix in post then i guess the three movies was in 1986 so i will i'll, yep. I'll go uh be sure to defog myself as penance please do so yeah, next week we'll be watching 1987's Dragnet. And uh, Luke, what do you what do you think this one is? So I feel like we've spoiled this one a little bit because we have in fact seen the amazing music video that goes with Dragnet. Yes, City of Crime. Yeah, so we've give we've given ourselves a little bit of a porthole into this, but not enough that I have any real clue other than. Dragnet, we're getting into the the cultural touchstones here. So obviously Dragnet is something about cops, I think. Right. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this is a traditional buddy cop sort of movie, but that the target of their investigation is highly unusual. And in fact, I'm going to say it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm pretty sure Dragnet is going to involve Dan Aykroyd, legendary Canadian actor, and Tom Hanks hunting down these mutant bastards in the sewers of new york <laughs> potentially dancing maybe on top of their graves let's hope yeah i for one i think the whole city of crime thing i think that's a false flag <laughs> i don't i don't think that this is about that at all i think it's actually a very serious documentary about um the dangers of uh shrimping and how they they drag the sort of net on the on the sort of ocean floor mm um and all the all the bycatch and the environmental destruction from that i i think 
they did City of Crime to sort of hoodwink people gotcha. into watching what they thought was going to be a funny buddy cop movie and ended up being a, a sobering look at commercial shrimping. Nice. So sort of a literal take on Dragnet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, as always, time will tell and one of us will be right. Oh, God willing, both of us. Yeah. Well, Luke, I, I want to close the book on this one. Yeah. Do you, do you have a final quote for me? I do. Before I give my final quote, I guess we should apologize. We'll never record this this late again. Yeah. Hey, Hanksy Panksy, after dark, <laughs> was a huge mistake. And I hope we never repeat it, though we almost certainly will. Yeah, the, uh, the combination of your take on this and the lack of Red Bull that I'm experiencing right now is definitely leading to a visceral crash. <laughs> so I look forward to that coma here in about five minutes. Yeah. But before then, okay, so my final quote was said by Sarah's aunt, and it is, what is this disguise? What do you think this is, Perim? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, the only good thing to come out of this movie. <laughs> Roughly 30 seconds, now about 10 seconds of dialogue. Well, thank you again for listening to this extremely rough episode of Hanksy Panksy. After Dark. Uh, we'll be back next week, not After Dark, uh, with 1987's Dragnet. Hopefully it'll be better. Yeah, we'll see you then. <laughs>